When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is an special report. Now reporting. The very handsome Jewish man, Peter Rosenberg. Yannin's at six. When the clock struck six, it meant one thing. Can I just say one thing, Don? Sure. Um, you're not done. It stands up, but it's Don. not. Now, from the ESPN New York News Desk, here's Rosenbaum or whatever that guy's name is. One of your show is number one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to ENN. On Tiwi. Ray Row. <laughs> hey, Anthony, can I ask you some housekeeping on the air? Yeah, sure. What do you got? We don't know if we're going to get the Yankees starting lineup. No, we don't. What if I just What if I just generously give an entire ENN sponsorship to Bigelow T? I, I'm sure that they would enjoy that. Well, let's let's get into ENN, which today is brought to you by Bigelow Tea. Bigelow Tea is a proud supporter of the Michael K Show and the official hot tea of Joe Torre and the New York Yankees. Let's start off ENN tonight by saying good evening to Don. And we're not wishing death on anyone, obviously. Oh, but you threw it out there. <laughs> and good evening to myself. Feet are weird. That's Don. And good evening to me. You should look at my toes. Spectacular. And lastly, good evening to Richard. I'm a dentist. <laughs> I want that, to be that, a dentist. That, that could have some legs. I could see that having legs. Um, all right, we've talked about this throughout the day, but let's go back to the audio we played all the way back during pre-NN, which was Jets head coach Robert Sala being asked about the MIMS trade request. Talk to Denzel. That's the business part of it. It's a really good conversation this morning, and we're going about our business as usual. Um, and how about this? Is is it upsetting, Coach, that things are basically over with Denzel Mims? I'm not going to say it's over with them. Is it? Sure. You go into this and you fight for all the, all your guys, and you're trying to get them to where you want them to be, and you just want to see these guys have success. Every single, all the individual players, you want them to have successful careers and achieve all their personal goals. With that said, I do think. Denzel has done a great job. I'm standing by it. He's had a really good OTAs. He's done a really good job in training camp, and it's just a matter of him uh, finding his niche and finding his role. I know where he, he's frustrated, as we've talked about before, that he's not where he wants to be, but it doesn't mean that he can't get there. He just continued to grind. So, now You don't want to say it's over, but he spoke like it was over because you want some leverage if you're going to make a deal. I, th- I wish it was one of these... I wish it was one of those moments where we had the drops that we have on the uh, on Hot 97 in the morning. Mm. So, I could, so I could play the DJ Khaled, you're a liar, right after we played that that drop. I mean, oh, that, that clip. Yeah, I understand. I get it. But he's you got to protect he, it. You got to protect, protect it. Yeah, because if you just, you know, then just cut him now. But, you know, they got a preseason game. Um, I, I would think he's going to get a pretty decent look. The showcase, hopefully you can get a pick, and then if not, you're going to have to cut him. So why not try to hope that somebody out there might throw you a sixth or seventh round pick? 
Um, I'm sure there's teams that are going to need a wide receiver. I'm sure after this weekend of preseason games, there are going to be a, there's going to be a wide receiver that gets hurt. Isn't going to be able to start the season. You know, Memphis is going to be somewhere. It's just a matter of whether a team is going to give you something for him. And I'll be very curious to see if he looks like a capable football player because obviously the only conclusion you can come to here is that he just wasn't capable of playing football. We asked Rich Samini earlier what went wrong with Mims. It wasn't a good pick, and there were some questions about him coming in, a fast size speed guy, but he was not a good route runner. Everybody knew that, and I think he could probably get away with that in an Adam Gase offense, but the Jets switched offenses. And in this offense, this West Coast offense, the whole thing is built on precision and route running, and the receiver has to know all three receiver positions. That's what they require of their receivers, and he doesn't know that. He doesn't play all three spots. I think he resisted it last year. I think he tried to embrace it this year, but he's just not a favorite of this coaching staff. I don't think they've ever embraced him. And let's be honest, guys, I just don't think he's that good to begin with. I mean, he's got terrific in size and speed and on paper, but the production isn't there. When he's out there, he still makes mental mistakes. You saw that in the first preseason game against Philly. He lined up in the wrong spot and got an illegal formation penalty. That absolutely drove the coaches crazy, that sort of stuff. Well, that's a bad pick. We'll see when we when we um, when Dave Rothenberg and I take the air on uh, Monday, we will uh, see whether yeah. Denzel Mims is still a New York Jet. Was he traded or did the Turk come knock on his door? And do they try to do they try to show something on Sunday? Be like, you know what? Let's target this guy. Show people that he can do something. Why wouldn't you? I, I think Salah said the starters are going to play like a quarter and a half. So that leaves two and a half quarters for guys like Mims to go out there and play and get targeted and make some sort of an impression. Listen, I'm no Mims defender, okay? I know nothing about the guy except the, the stats that I've read from the, from Baylor and the lack of play here, okay? I know nothing. But I'll just say this, Don, okay? Man, he must really stink to not have been able to get on the field last year. And, Don, I know you talk about the – the receiver core being improved this year, and it is, okay? It's improved, no doubt, and Garrett Wilson may turn out to be a stud. There are, there are there's some cool potential options for passing the football with the Jets. But for a second, I mean, it's, it's not the 98 Vikings, okay? He's not competing with Randy Moss and Chris Carter. The fact that he can't get any snaps, he must be really bad. I, I mean, listen, this is, this is not the best offensive football, and it certainly wasn't last year. How could they have not? He, I just, I, I'm trying to fathom how bad this pick could have been. And I love Joe Douglas. You know, Joe D's my guy. But my lord, to not be able to get a snap on the Jets? No, that. that I mean, they, if you told me he was on Kansas City, Don, we could have a conversation. Buffalo, somewhere, but he couldn't get a sniff last year. My lord. And and I, and I get there's always reasons. Like we heard from Salah, well, he can't play special teams, so I can't dress him if he can't do other things. But that's hogwash. That's already the problem. You, yeah. Your your second round wide receiver pick should not, his play time playing time should not be incumbent upon his special teams. Right, and, and then and and now we're hearing you know he, he couldn't play all three positions. You drafted him in the second round, <laughs> right? Only fifty eight players were taken before him. Like so, listen, it's not a first overall pick or anything like that. But it's a second round pick. You take a wide receiver in the second round, you expect him to be a player for you, especially for a team that didn't have any weapons last year. So you make it work. Now, if he couldn't physically play and do all the things that you expected him to do, 
well, why didn't you know that before you drafted him? So, so there's that. Or is it a disciplinary thing? Did he just not – was he not willing to do the work? Did he think he was above having to learn all the different wide receiver positions? Did he think he was above playing special teams? Like, if it's that, well, then maybe you give the Jets a little less grief because it's not that he can't do it, that maybe it's just he's a head case. Maybe he's just not – Although, you know, listen, again, well, I, don't, I, I don't want to accuse somebody of that either. Just, but right, still, we don't know that. And, know. and also, we, all we can do is take the coach at face value. And at face value, you know what Coach Sala said? He said that he felt that he showed up prepared this year, ready to work his tail off. He did not tell us that he was a head case. All I can do is go with what you're telling me. Right. So, well, And usually you can at least read between the lines, Don. I understand you're not going to come out and roast someone and say, oh, this guy's a head case. But usually, Don, you can – read between the lines at some point and figure out they've really masked it completely. Well, they, so, and, and they have because, again, if he is a head case, if he's not a hard worker, you don't want people to know that when you're trying to trade for him. And maybe we'll find out after the fact exactly what went wrong. I, I don't know. I, I don't know him personally. There, and All we did was ask Salah basically every week what's going on, and he, he would kind of take the high road. But it sounds to me like either he, does, he can't physically do it or just didn't want to do it. Either way – you wasted the pick because even if you get a sixth or seventh round pick for him, Peter, that's not was was not the intent of drafting a player in the second round and then a year later you're trading him for a sixth or seventh round pick or maybe just flat out cutting him. So, however it goes, it's not going to look good for Joe Douglas that he's gone, and it's certainly not going to look good if all of a sudden he, he hooks up with another team and is great and can now do all the things the Jets said he couldn't do. Um, let's stay with the Jets for a second, because, God, football's less than two weeks away, guys. Um, new safety, LaMarcus Joyner, um, talks about how he only wanted to play for the Jets. It was either the Jets or I was going to retire. I love this organization that much, man. Like I said last year, I was pleased to be with Coach Sala, and uh, I love his mentality, I love his standards, and I love his defensive scheme. You thought about retiring? 100%. A lot of personal stuff. But like I say, the Jets was very supportive. My wife, my family, everyone was very supportive. So that gave me that extra push that I needed. Fans um, love hearing that, don't, don't they? Yeah, you have, to, you have to love that. Uh, here, here's LaMarcus talking about Sauce Gardner. He's very confident. He's very His confidence stands out. And he backs it up. He had a tremendous camp, and everyone in the building is looking forward to seeing him play. Now, he came over last year, only played in one game, um, LaMarcus, that is. Um, and here's his last thought on Sauce Gardner. This is Hopefully this is making Shaq feel good for his bet. He's trying to avoid sesame chicken. Here's uh, LaMarcus on Gardner's confidence. I love it because there's a difference between being arrogant and cocky and confidence. Confidence is coming to work every day just believing in yourself. He's not with the extra stuff. He just believed that he can play and he belongs, and he's ready to prove it, and he comes to work like that every day. So, by the way, Joyner's one of those guys who had spent a long time with the Rams in the years prior to them go, go truly back being to St. Louis with yeah. the team. And he only played, what, like one game for the Jets before he injured his elbow. So 31 so now. New. So, God, just, I'm just looking at the stats here. He was in St. Louis. They moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Then he signs with the Raiders in Oakland. They moved to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe he just wanted to stay with the Jets because they're not going to move. <laughs> <laughs> That's really, really solid. Point. <laughs> 
Um, all right, let's move over to the New York Giants. Let's Shall hear we? from Saquon Barkley on Coach Dable's coaching style. I like it. He's aggressive. I feel like not only him, but all the coaches are going to do a really good job you know, putting your playmakers in position to make plays, whether that's on offense and defense, and it's our job to go out there and capitalize. And here's an, an example of, of Dable's aggressiveness. In the preseason game last week, we had, what, fourth and one? I don't think we got it, but you told us on the sideline. That's how he is, and that's how he's going to call it, and he's going to trust in us. So it's our job and our responsibility to go out there and convert. Saquon, how ready do you feel for the season? I'm really ready. If I have to compare it to last year, way, way beyond what I was before. At this point last year, you know, I just started getting back into practice because New England was our last preseason game last year. Right? I, I really, yeah, so I just started getting back to practice and, you know, I really didn't have that much of a time just with just how the rehab process went with my knee to get myself ready. And now I don't have that. I had the whole camp to come out every single day to do a joint practice against another team, to go against Dex, Leo, Zay, and all those guys and find a ways to get better and build that chemistry with, with Felice and Drew and Neil. So that's why I keep saying I'm just thankful because I can go back anytime. Like I'm, I said, like I know it's camp to ground, but anytime I'm like, dang, bro, like, but I always go back, but you couldn't even do this at this moment last year so take full advantage of it i mean listen we already know that i have a bit of a man crush on uh saquon but i like how he sounds don i do i do like i like the tone i like the tenor i'm believing i'm believing i I get i get it i believe maybe we can um see what we saw in his rookie season but what do we hear about kafka what do we hear you know we hear (laughs) we hear about Martindale, aggressive, Wink. Sure. aggressive. Mm-hmm. Now that's all we heard when we were at camp last week. Aggressive. Aggressive is entertaining. Okay, that's at least what I'm hoping for. Is that yeah? Listen, you, you're going to probably get burned occasionally, but both sides of the ball, the word aggressive, going for it, things like that. That that would be nice to see, considering it was an offense that took a knee at the five yard line last year. So. <laughs> <laughs> I guess anything uh, north of that would feel like it was aggressive. Here's our guy, Xavier McKinney, on turning around the losing for this team. Pretty impatient. Every time I think about it, I, I try not to think too much about it because it's a new year, so obviously we got to focus on what's here. We had to go through you know, those rough times, and we went through that all that losing. So for me, I'm ready to get back out there. I'm ready to, to win games. Um, but I think that, that starts with you know the stuff that we do out here in practice that you guys see. Um, it starts with the things that we do in the film room. It starts with what we do in the, the weight room. Um, all the little things matter. That's what I've noticed. That's what it's always been. That's the difference between winning and losing the little things. Um, so I think uh, we've done a great job of taking care of that, and I think you know the rest will take care of itself. From your mouth to God's ears, young man. Um, Please. So, Don, we haven't talked about this much today. Get ready for another year of people calling up and demanding Brian Cashman's job. 55-year-old Brian Cashman is expected to return next year and beyond. Mm. The announcement will not be finalized until the offseason, but it leaked today. Cash is not going anywhere. And it's not any surprise. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. 
Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. And, um, uh, yeah, so they're obviously happy. It's being leaked out, so it's not like, oh, let's see you win the World Series here, Brian, and then we'll see. No, 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 it's the, the vote of confidence now. It's it's You're our guy. They believe he's doing a good job. Now, read into that the way you want. Does that mean that Hal doesn't care about winning a championship? He just cares about re- being relevant every year? I guess that's on the table. Because if that's your goal of, hey, we make a ton of money, we're in the playoffs every year, we think Brian's doing a great job. Or is it what, what Brian will say is, hey, it's really hard to win. It's kind of a crapshoot every year. We put ourselves in the position. I like what he's doing. I like. I don't think we can do better. So read it the way you want, but those boos that Hal and Brian got, they're going about their business. And ultimately, we'll see how the fans feel about it. But anything short of a championship, Peter, I'm going to brace myself for everything. That the, the day that they're eliminated or don't win. Do I hope they lose. Nice effort. Let's go get them next year. Or fire Boone, fire Cashman. Oh, yeah, baby. You know what it is. Hal's not his dad. You mean it's not going to be, we really gave it the old college try. I hope the Yankees win next year. I'm a dentist. That's right. Yeah, I, I, we, we shall see. But I think people better accept this, okay? It's the game of baseball. Love it or hate it. Brian Cashman. Don't think of him as the GM. Think of him as part of the ownership group. That's a joke as far as I'm concerned. Because that is truly how I view it at this point. And I understand, you know, when you want to change and you're frustrated, he's a great person to blame. But let me tell you right now, as someone who's a fan – of a team, my number one team, that has had no consistency in the brass. Don, there's a lot of upside to having it be that firm and secure at the top of your organization. A lot of upside. Even if you're not happy with the fact they haven't won a World Series, there's a team that consistently comes out and wins 100 games or close to it. It, And, and to know year after year what you have at the top, Don, to me it's a steadying force. That's what separates you right. from teams – that are way down in the middle of the pack. It's phony, Petey. There's okay. two ways that Brian will no longer be the general manager of the Yankees. Retirement, which probably won't come for another at least decade because he's 55, and I'm sure he's going to work deep into his 60s. Why not? If he's healthy, why not? Or they'll they'll come a day where the contract's up and they'll say, you know, I, I want to try to do something new. I don't think his exit will ever be getting fired. He has now reached that, whether Yankee fans want to believe it or not or think it's deserving, he has reached that, like Lou Lamorello, Don Shula, you know, where I will dictate my exit. It won't be somebody else. It'll be me. So it'll be on his terms, not the Yankees. And the Yankees are fine with that. He's like, he's family. Lou decided to leave the Devils, you know, and, 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 and Don Shula decided to retire. That's kind. Of, I think that's the way it's going to go. Now, whether you don't think he, you know, deserves it or not, that's that's probably how most Yankee fans are going to feel. Don, have you seen any of the lists of uh, people who got big uh, PPP loans and forgiven PPP loans? Huh? I haven't seen the list. No. The the, the celebrity list moved around yesterday. Okay. Who compiled it's this in- list? 
Well, it it all got revealed yesterday. Uh, so many, all the senators who got it. Ballard, co- congressman. No, I don't think Ballard got one. Um, the Milster. You know, from very political people like Jared Kushner, who had a three million dollar PPP loan forgiven. You know, mm. you know what a forgiven loan means, Don. That means you don't have to pay it back. <laughs> it's just handed cash. A lot of it to rich McGovern, people, including Democrat for the people. Thank you, including. Uh, in the sports world, I don't know if there are more athletes, but I saw on this, li- this list, Tom Brady, $960,000 forgiven. Mm. Okay. Why? It's just so, so weird to me. But I guess this is what happens, though, when you have really, when you're rich and you have really good lawyers and money people, they say, hey, they're giving out free money. Don't worry. You won't have to pay it back. Is that right? Yeah. Do you want the money? It's yours. Tom. Tom's like... I gotta be honest. I, I we have literally half a billion dollars. We're good, maybe more. They're like, take care of y'all, chicken. Take the extra million, okay? It's here for you. It's you really free. wish if you were affluent, like uh, you might be bringing up this up in E and N, but like the the Kobe's family taking the sixteen million dollars they got in the lawsuit and and putting it right back into the Bryant Foundation. That's that's what you do. Of like, course. So you, you would love somebody that's like a filthy rich like Tom Brady that he gets forgiven a close to a million dollar loan and say, all right, get, get, take that. Let's, let's no, put but that, that but that would go against the point of it. The reason he took it in the first place was just to take the money. It's not like he needed a loan. It's not like <laughs> it's not like Tom was at the TV 12 offices and they were short on some light bulbs and lumber. And he was like, <laughs> you know what? We got to get a loan for this. What, what it makes you realize is, you know, we're all suckers. You know, yeah. uh, those of us who have the thought of, oh, they're ta- they're saying there are loans for COVID relief for small businesses and people in need. I'm not in need, so why would I possibly be a drain on our government and take money? I'll just lay out. No, we're frauds. We're fools, because everyone else just went and cash went and got their money. And it'll be interesting to see if any of the really rich people who got it get approached about it, because. I know there are much smaller business owners, Don, who are they have to pay that money back. Not everyone's getting forgiven. I mean, anyway, so you, you approach Tom and, like, and Tom's like, "No, I'm sorry, I can't answer that question. I'm all about football." Oh, are you all about football when you were in the Bahamas with your family? <laughs> Is that the confirmed answer, by the way? Well, that's just one of the. Um, I, I believe that more than I do the masked singer. That was a fun one, though. Um, we didn't get to this much today, Don, and I want to close out ENN with it. Um, Julio Rodriguez, yeah, the young Mariners star, is finalizing a 14, 14, 14 year what? extension uh, with the Mariners, worth at least two hundred and ten million dollars. Okay. Now, the extension could be worth more than four hundred million. The new contract includes player and team options. So, basically, he's. He's going to get at least 210, Don. But if he decides to stick around, he could end up getting a whole lot more. Now, this is getting thrown out there, you know, in relation to Judge. Like, this is what the Yankees should have. Why didn't the Yankees give Judge a contract when he was younger? Well, because he was never that young because he went to college. What is Rodriguez, 23, 24 years old? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know the Yankees obviously had questions about Judge's health early in his career to not do that, and also, and we'll see if they're proven right or wrong. But twenty-one, Don. 
Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. So there was never a 21 Aaron Judge. He wasn't a Yankee at the time. Right, the whole thing's different. So it's, it's, it's different, but also it's different in this way. Seattle probably realizes if we don't give this kid a contract and let him play out his deal, that we're going to have a situation like we had with Soto where he's going to he's going to demand something ridiculous and we're not going to be able to afford to pay him or he's going to hit free agency at some point and we're going to lose him. But the Yankees don't have to think that way because the Yankees know they're the Yankees and if they really want to keep a player they can. Like so the, isn't Seattle in a situation where they can't afford these guys to hit free agency? So yeah. it, it's kind of as apples to oranges comparison because obviously Judge is older. And Judge has had some injury situations where I we've asked this many times, Peter. When early in Judge's career would you have given him the extension? Right. The only time you would have is right after the 2017 I was season. Say, I was going to say after 17 was the but, only real. So spot one year. Year? Right. Or, and then you're or, gonna go, you know, oh, or, here's, 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 a, here's a 15 year contract, and you and you couldn't even do that because how old was he in in, in 17? Wasn't twenty one, yeah. So, it, it, how are you going to give him a fourteen year deal when he would? It would have been the same thing as what's going on now. So, it, it it was a lot tougher. It's a lot easier, I should say, for Seattle to do this than for the Yankees to do it with Judge. And this portion of ENN is brought to you by Sunday Night Baseball, which is by Nissan. You deserve a car that'll thrill you, and Nissan's got an amazing full line that'll put goosebumps on your goosebumps. Experience the thrill for yourself. Shop your local Nissan store at NissanUSA.com today. Thanks for listening to the Michael K. Show podcast. Hear more of Michael, Don, and Peter live weekday afternoon starting at 3 on 98.7 ESPN in New York. The ESPN app, the TuneIn app, or on your smart speaker. Hey, Alexa, play 98.7 ESPN.